Amen. It was a good worship. Good to see you all. My name's Rob. For those of you who are visiting, I'm the, the lead pastor here. Welcome. I'm glad you chose to join us today. It's a perfect day for the beach, so I uh, pray that the Lord would uh, really be uh, special to you, close to you, connect with you, uh, if he hasn't already. Uh, we've been doing a, a series to, uh, through the Gospels, really looking at the parables. And uh, today uh, I, I want to be uh, looking at uh, a prayer, but uh, I want to have Carla come up and share her testimony. Uh, it's a way that you know, we can relate to how God speaks to us when we've got prayers. Lord, what are you doing in our life? Uh, how do you uh, hear us? And uh, how do we hear God and how does God direct us? Uh, it's obviously helpful when we have uh, practical examples, testimonies. So Carla, come on up and uh, we look uh, forward to uh, hearing your story. This is Carla. Thanks, Hello, Carla. Can you hear me okay? Not used to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, when Rob asked me uh, last week if I would come up and share a time where God listened to my prayer, oh, answered my, oh, that's really loud, <laughs> answered my prayer, I was, got it, uh, I was really overwhelmed with the number of options I had. Um, over the past five years, a lot of mostly women in the audience know my story. I won't share a lot of the details, but I went through a very trying time for my, myself and my family. Uh, it was nothing that I had expected would happen, and it kind of hit me off guard, but I did. Uh, it resulted in a divorce, and it was never anything I had ever wanted for my children to go through or even for them to see that that's what happens in families. I, I, uh, I was challenged very emotionally and spiritually and everything, and... Uh, I turned to God and, and prayed uh, time and time again for my children, for my, my strength, and for my children's um, ability to see uh, some, some real role models and, and be exposed to people that had the same beliefs as I did and following God's plan instead of our own human plans. And that's what they were seeing inside the home. So I prayed for that. And... Over time, um, I can't believe how much God has put that in my kids' lives. I'm very excited uh, to, to be a part of this group. I, it's, it's kind of been a process. I was part of the Vineyard Church in Columbus. I, I, people that know me know that. And I relocated here about four and a half years ago. And I was really challenged with, what am I doing? I'm leaving my church. I'm leaving the place where my, my kids are finally you know, seeing God's truth and everything. And God put the Hopkinton Vineyard in my path. And uh, I, you know, it's funny how you look back on things and you wouldn't change things, even though it's trying and, and uh, challenging. I wouldn't change anything that God had planned for me because God does have my best interest in mind. And even though I wouldn't have laid it out the way he had planned it for me, it really worked out in the end. So I have to true wholeheartedly say that God has answered my prayers for my children and the families and the role models and the people amongst all of you that they get to experience every, every moment, every occasion we have and all the events that we have planned together. So thank you, Lord. May I well, take one off or another opportunity to uh, talk about the group? Okay. I wanted to add one thing. I, 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 was, I got to experience the uh, Columbus uh, national event or international event and be there with the, with the group from the vineyard. And God spoke to me while I was there 
um, there is, uh, like I said, a trying time I had gone through, and uh, I can't believe how much God has blessed me through this process. And I just want to extend to women here, or if you know women that are in, in the similar trying time, or if they're, whether it's divorce, whether it's betrayal, whether it's uh, rejection, any of those things. Um, been there, done that. Um, you know, and I want to open myself, my home, uh, discussion, whatever is whatever God has planned. So I just wanted to open that up. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's so much uh, better to hear somebody's story firsthand uh, versus uh, secondhand. Uh, when you think of uh, what Carlos just said, you know, it's very important impactful and powerful when God intervenes personally in your life, and yet when you tell it to somebody else, it's nice, but it doesn't have the same amount of power. But uh, just think of this. You, uh, Carla gets, uh, gives a life to the Lord at the Columbus Vineyard. And so this is her first you know, uh, church experience where she's experiencing the risen God. She's excited. Uh, things are really going well for her. And then uh, she has to go through divorce. And then relocating to Massachusetts, uh, now she's wondering, how is she ever going to find a church home? Uh, how is she going to find anything uh, similar to what uh, she's experienced uh, before and enjoyed and loved? And, you know, just through God's uh, providence, the way God leads, uh, you know, she ends up living uh, in Southborough, close by, and is able to join uh, the, the church here, and like she said, okay, so now she's got to raise her kids. You know, how are they going to uh, connect w with the Lord, and how's that going to go in a positive way? And uh, if you know her kids, they've just really done uh, really, really well. And again, it's, you know, the church at large, it's uh, those that serve in children's ministry, it's those that have extended out a hand to, to Carla and made them feel welcome. Uh, you know, and again and again, and uh, you feel God's hand, and you sense God's love, and it's personal. Uh, it, it, God's uh, directing. And so, as Carla said, you know, she's been there, done that. So, if you find yourself in a similar position, and you're saying, you know, I would like to be encouraged, and I, and I need God's help, and and you know, Carla, how did this work out for you? And help me pray for this. Uh, Carla would uh, love to uh, get together with you, and and. Uh, encourage you to get through what she's already uh, been through. Uh, so thank you, Carla. You know, we all uh, pray in one way or another. Uh, and uh, we all, I, I would think, uh, we would all like our prayer life to be better uh, in that uh, we would all like to experience God uh, more powerfully, uh, more personally, more directly, uh, we all have situations in our lives where we're asking God, God, please will you direct? Please will you guide? Please will you help out? And, uh, you know, so uh, we know the answer is that God, uh, is, well, Jesus is the answer. The, the, the challenge we have is how do we do uh, this communication? How do we uh, speak to God? How do we hear from God? Uh, how do we allow God to actually direct us? And uh, the primary uh, way of doing this is through the Bible and through prayer. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it behooves us to look at our prayer life and see, okay, what, what works, what doesn't work. Uh, uh, is it giving us life or is it draining life from us? 
uh, on the one hand, you might say, I, I get a lot of comfort by having a, a ritual and a routine. Uh, on the other hand, you might say, I find that the ritual and the routine is dry. Uh, on the other hand, you might say, I have a, a futile quirky nuances, and it's really, really helpful. I really connect with the Lord that way. Uh, then, like, press into that. Uh, do that. If it's, if it's helping you to connect with the Lord, um, why don't you continue to do that? Uh, so what I'd really want you to get out of today's message, uh, as I'm going to be looking at uh, Luke, and we're going to look at uh, what uh, the Lord has to say about uh, prayer, uh, firstly, the Lord's Prayer, because that's getting to the, the parable that uh, Jesus actually wants to, to, uh, to talk about. But in the parable, uh, the upshot, and I'm giving, you, uh, giving away the parable here, uh, so no suspense in this uh, message. Uh, I'm letting the cat out of the bag straight away. Uh, the upshot of the parable is Jesus saying when it comes to prayer, one aspect of prayer is that you need to be persistent. Okay, so uh, that's what I want you to get out of this message today. That uh, whatever your prayer life is like, uh, that you would add persistence to that. That there would be some level of persistence in seeking God. But uh, let me just ask God to uh, empower me as I uh, preach today. Uh, Jesus, I uh, indeed uh, pray to you now. I ask that you would fill me uh, with your your power with your truth that your holy spirit would empower what i say uh, that you would open up our hearts that uh, we uh, can grasp this concept of prayer more deeply uh, we can be better at it and uh, more effective at it and lord i, I pray that uh, you today would stir our hearts and uh, even those that perhaps don't believe yet in you that you would draw them to you. And uh, Lord, that you would impart faith to them. So Lord, I pray for that for our service today. In your name, Jesus. Uh, amen. Uh, you know, there was something that was intriguing to the disciples. Uh, they hung out with Jesus. And they noticed that you know, he could do a lot of things like miracles and it seemed to have insights into people's life. And, uh, uh, but I also noticed that from a very human standpoint, uh, Jesus would get pretty tired. And uh, they also noticed that uh, part of Jesus' routine, when he was tired, he felt that to be refreshed, uh, he needed to pray. Uh, now, just think of that for a moment. Now, here you have God. And uh, God, uh, Jesus in his human humanity, knows that his strength, that his uh, ability to continue is dependent on him con uh, connecting with the Father. And so the disciples, you know, notice this peculiarity. They're saying, wow, when Jesus is really like pressed heavily, when crowds are following him, when he's done a whole lot of work, when you think it'd be like just kicking back and catching a snooze in the boat or getting a few extra hours sleep for the next day's walk and, and talk, uh, you find Jesus is taking time, getting away, uh, finding somewhere that's quiet and, and praying. So there's you know, parts of uh, this prayer life which were just very intriguing to 
the disciples. And if you uh, open your Bibles to uh, Luke uh, chapter 11, uh, you pick up the story uh, right there. If you want a Bible, there's some up front. Uh, please just help yourself. I'm preaching from the New um, Living Translation. And it opens up in chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And so, you know, what was pretty normal, uh, any spiritual leader typically would teach their disciples, and uh, the disciples here are noticing something about Jesus' prayer, and they're saying, hey, listen, uh, we need an insight here as to exactly how do you pray, uh, how does this work, uh, teach us, you know, John uh, the Baptist was teaching people, uh, you teach us. And so they intrigued. Uh, you teach us. And, uh, you know, Jesus then goes on in verse 2. It says, this is how you should pray. And uh, this is known as the Lord's Prayer. Uh, now, for uh, many of you, this is going to be a little confusing. Uh, because uh, what I'm about to read is not going to be the familiar language that you may have memorized uh, for the Lord's Prayer. Uh, so uh, let me just read this. It says this, Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. So some of you are familiar with uh, the more... Uh, memorable form of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, you recognize elements of it here. Now, the Lord's Prayer is also found in Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, as part of the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, in that form, we also have the King James Version, which is what many have memorized. So as the language translations have changed, you've kind of, you know, the language translators have a challenge. It's like, do they keep what's uh, familiar uh, because people are familiar with it, or do they try and nuance it to get a little bit more accurately uh, and get a newer translation? And for you, if you're new to the Bible, uh, this could be a, an area of somewhat frustration because you could say, look, I'm familiar with the Lord's Prayer. Where do I find it in the Bible? And then you go digging around and you either come here to Luke and you say, well, that sounds more or less right, but not quite right. Or you go into Matthew and you say, well, Okay, I'm reading it. That also sounds more or less right, but not quite what I'm familiar with. Uh, but if you've memorized the Lord's Prayer, you've probably memorized the King James Version. And uh, just more intriguingly, you know, when the King James Version was written, uh, they were using a manuscript, a Greek manuscript. They believed it was the original manuscript. Uh, but subsequently they've realized, no, that actually wasn't an original manuscript. So there's a doxology that we are very familiar with, that we end the, the Lord's Prayer with. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, you know, and, the, and um, as we finish the Lord's Prayer, uh, what they found afterwards is that that got added to the original manuscript as part of Eastern Orthodox, you know, closure to, to prayer. And so now when you look at a new modern translation, New Living Translation, you find, okay, that's stripped out of there because it's not in the original uh, manuscript. So in one way, more accurate. 
But the dilemma we face is, but it's less familiar. You know, so uh, that's just, you know, a little uh, nuance. Uh, I just say that because uh, if you're familiar with the, the Lord's Prayer, and we'll say it together uh, in a moment uh, the, in the old, the King James Version. But uh, let me just say this before uh, we actually say the Lord's Prayer together. You know, when Jesus was asked by the disciples uh, to like get some insight into prayer, uh, really what they were asking is like, Jesus, can we get a, a little bit of insight into your inner life? Uh, what is it that is going on? What is it that you're thinking? How do you actually do this? Can you share this inner life with us? And in one sense, Jesus is sharing the mystery of what a triune God looks like. What does it mean uh, to understand the Trinity? Uh, so in one sense, Jesus is giving us uh, you know, a snapshot of what the Trinity is like and how he and the Father interact. And uh, uh, so on the one hand, it's very personal. It's very uh, intimate. But it's simultaneously, it's, all the, it's totally mysterious and, and other. You know, it's like God can be so personal, but God can also be, you know, so uh, not necessarily distant. But, uh, you know, we don't control God. Uh, and so we get a, an insight into this. There's a majesty about God. There's something about the Lord that uh, just intrigues us that we can't fully get our, our hands around. But uh, as we just look at some of the... Uh, elements here of the Lord's Prayer. This is how Jesus say you should pray. And uh, again, you know, if you compare and contrast what the Lord's Prayer is in Luke versus the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, you're going to find some differences. Uh, but again, if you read just the line before the Lord's Prayer, you'll see the settings in each of those uh, cases were different. In Luke's version, the disciples are saying and asking Jesus, show us how to pray. So this is probably a, a separate time that Jesus is explaining the Lord's Prayer. And the fact that they're not identical is actually very helpful because it's telling us that from Jesus' standpoint, the way we should pray, the Lord's Prayer, is different depending on the circumstances. Jesus didn't make like a rote prayer that this is the way it has to be. And when asked a second time, how do you pray? He just gave exactly the same answer. I mean, there's a lot of overlap, but I mean, there's flexibility there. And this is, you know, as you're thinking about praying, you, you, you need to incorporate that into your own prayer. If, if the structure of familiarity helps you, use it. If the structure of familiarity is doing nothing for you, cast it out. The point is to connect with the Lord. Uh, and uh, that's what I think is, is, uh, is helpful here. But uh, just the way that the Lord's Prayer starts is somewhat of a foreign concept to us. Father, may your name be kept holy. Now, it's a very good starting point because typically, you know, we're going to pray because something's up in our lives. We're in panic. We're in crisis. We need God to intervene. And we want to just get to the point really, really quickly. Like, God, this is the problem I have. I'm asking you to do something about it and do it quickly. I mean, that's typically our prayer. And yet Jesus is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Before you like get to that, can you just like change your perspective? Can you like get your eyes and can you fix them on God? 
And can you start with saying how big and awesome and holy God is? Can, can you like just remove yourself from your own circumstance? Can you like realize who it is that you're talking to? Start there. Uh, and that's what Jesus is encouraging us to do. Father, may your name be kept holy. I mean, there's a sense like, okay, God, you're a holy, awesome, uh, incredible God. Uh, can we just start with that part? And then the next part uh, is particularly uh, dear to my heart and us here in the Vineyard Church and in the Vineyard Movement, because the next part says, may your kingdom come soon. May your kingdom come soon. Now, look, if you've uh, joined me uh, in Vineyard 101, and you said, look, I, I want this to be your, my church. Uh, one of the things I discuss at Vineyard 101 is one of the distinctives for us as a vineyard church and as a vineyard movement. And for us, we uh, emphasize this phraseology, the kingdom of God, and uh, it seems to crop up all over the place once you've sort of uh, been made aware of it. And here it is cropping up again in the Lord's Prayer. And for us in the Vineyard Movement, it's not like we've invented something new in the Bible. Uh, it's more like we've just discovered something that seems like others have just chosen to ignore or just brushed right over. So uh, let me say this much. When in the traditional thinking, Lord, let your kingdom come soon, the sort of uh, mindset for most Christians would be, Lord, you know, we're looking forward to the, the end of the world, and we, we just, you know, you, you promised that you were going to return, and uh, we're really excited that you're going to return, because when you do, everything's going to be made right, and will you just do that soon? I mean, like, we're tired of waiting. In fact, everybody said you're coming soon, and it seems like a real long time. Come soon. I mean, that's like the mindset, right? And that is one level to understand it. But, you know, here at the Vineyard, we just say no, that is, while that's true, there's a whole deeper uh, or more significant level. And that is to say, when Jesus is present, the kingdom of God is present. And, and that's like a big deal. So uh, when Jesus was on this earth, when he was around, when he was present, he was healing, he was casting out demons, he was helping people. Uh, and in a similar way, uh, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, what we're saying with this mindset is, Lord, let your kingdom come now. So we're saying, this future event, uh, this life after death, can you come now? Can your presence come now? Can you make a difference now? Uh, we believe in your power, God. Uh, let it happen now. You know, that's... I believe is what the Lord is asking us in the Lord's Prayer. It's not just, you know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and then blah, blah, blah. It's, Lord, you're totally awesome. And Lord, we're desperate for your power to come now, make a difference in what we're dealing with right now. Now, once you sort of, you know, get this concept, it kind of changes the way your daily life happens. Uh, let me just give you a, a very small example. Uh, last week, I need to get my inspection sticker done for my, my car. You've all gone through this uh, painful process, right? It's getting towards the end of the month, and it's like, oh my gosh, I need my sticker. Uh, how quickly can I get this thing? I don't care how bad my car is. I just want the thing to pass, right? You know that one. So I, I'm doing my inspection sticker. It's going along just fine, but it's kind of odd because uh, this particular time when I'm doing my sticker, the guy doesn't want me to get out the car. 
I'm in the car and he's like, okay, come on up. Uh, you're going to get me on the, on the lifts. And normally they don't even let you in the garage. And then he said, just stay there and, okay, show me the lights. And I'm doing the whole thing. And so uh, he's just about finished and he walks around the front of the car and he goes, ah. Oh! And I'm like, you okay? And he said, oh, I'm in so much pain. He said, that's why I asked you to stay in the car. Just, uh, you know, so you can help me out. Okay, so here's how the kingdom of God comes into play. Straight away, what's going through my mind is this. I need to pray for this guy. On the other side of my mind is, I don't want to pray for this guy. I'm just coming here for his inspection sticker. The next part that's going through my mind is, I think this guy's a Muslim. I think praying for him is not going to go down too well. The other part that's going through my mind is, God loves all people, including Muslims. The other part that's going through my mind is, Rob, you believe the kingdom of God. That means God can come right now and do something. The other part of my mind is, it's going to cause a scene, and this guy's not going to like me praying for him. And you know what? This happened like in real flesh, right? Finally, it's like, do you mind if I pray for you? And the guy looks at me and he says, well, well, sure. So I pray for him. And I'm like, okay, I, you know, the probability, uh, you know, now, now he's told me what's wrong. He's got like an ulcer and he's got like uh, surgery coming like in two days time. And he's got like other, you know, 20 other major medical issues, which I couldn't even remember. And I'm thinking, man, this guy's fragile. But he's like this big, huge guy, tattoos all over the show, you know. And uh, I'm like, oh, God, what's the chance that you're actually going to heal this guy? Probably not that high. But I know on the few occasions that you have healed him, it's really been awesome. You know, so here I go. I'm just like praying for the guy. So I start praying for him. And I'm assuming he's a Muslim. I, you know, I don't know. I don't ask him. I just, I just know that the garage I'm at, they're all from the, the Middle East. And I, I, I'm just like, okay. So I pray for him and I say, Lord, I just pray you bless this guy. I pray you physically heal him. I pray you bless his family. And Lord, I don't know what else to pray for. That's, that's my prayer. Okay. Amen. And I open my eyes and the guy's bawling his eyes out. And I, I'm like, do you feel any better? He says, no. <laughs> and, then he's, and then he starts becoming really holy. He's like, praise God, praise God. He says, you know, I don't go to church, but I need to go to church. Just me and Jesus, just me and Jesus. And I'm like, and, and thank you so much for praying. And I'm like, wow, I, I, I didn't realize I was doing all that, you know. I'm like, so think about it. He didn't get healed. And... Uh, I didn't realize, I didn't think it was the appropriate time to tell him that. I don't think it's just him and Jesus. You know, he needs to kind of be part of church. But, you know, I was just getting my inspection sticker done. But here's what happened. He had an encounter with the living God. I mean, somehow or other, the love of God touched him. And like, you know, if he could have, he would have hugged me. I mean, you know, and he's just so thankful. I'm thinking, but I didn't do anything. I just prayed for you. But something happened. You know, forget about physical healing. He connected with God. And then he started telling me all these God stories. Okay, so I'm from Egypt. I'm from Alexandria. And, you know, God's done this in my life. And God's done that in my life. And it's been this miracle. I mean, I had like a 20-minute testimony. I'm like, okay, I've got to get my stick. I've got to get out of here, you know. That's what happens when we have a mindset of the kingdom of God. I mean, at any time. The kingdom can break out. And if God chooses to heal, he heals. If God chooses not to heal, he doesn't heal. But as long as the person that we've prayed for feels loved, that's like really important. Uh, you know, only God can do the God part, which is heal. We can 
do the part where we need to pray and obey God. And so, you know, in one way or another, if you take the kingdom of God, this phrase in the Lord's Prayer seriously, your life's going to be ruined. Because at any moment, you've got to give God authority to be God and uh, to know that God uses you and me uh, to do that. And, uh, you, you, you know, it's, you never get comfortable praying for strangers. But I tell you, when you've prayed for one or two people and they've been physically healed, miraculously, instantaneously healed, right? Because you prayed for them and you realize that you're not such a saint, you'll be hooked forever. You'll be hooked forever. You'll always want to be praying for people, blessing people, and asking for the kingdom of God to show up. Uh, it's just an awesome thing. Anyway, uh, the rest of this fray, the rest of the Lord's Prayer uh, is the part that everybody likes. God, give us food. We're hungry. We need food. Give us, give us, give us. You know, like so moves from, okay, God, your kingdom come to our, our needs. Lord, we're hungry. We want nice food. We need a lot of food. We don't want to be boring food. Don't just give us manna every day. You know, our needs. And God's totally into that. He's saying, fine, I, I do actually want to meet your needs. Uh, this is not a bad thing. Pray about it. And then you are familiar with the rest of the Lord's Prayer. I don't necessarily want to emphasize that uh, today because that's just the warm-up act for what I really want to say, which is the parable, which is this part. It says this. Then, teaching them more about prayer, Jesus used uh, this story. He says, Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked uh, for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. Now, we just don't relate to this story at all. I mean, we're already cringing. We think, I can't possibly imagine going to my neighbor at midnight and asking him for some bread, and, uh, you know... The way you think this parable is going to unfold, it's going to be like, okay, so don't do that. That's a bad idea. You know, you're really being very unkind and unpleasant to your neighbor. Uh, have some consideration. You're supposed to love your neighbor, not be a nuisance to your neighbor. And you're kind of seeing that that's the way the parable is going to unfold. And, uh, you know, it doesn't. It says, the friend says, I can't help you. And then Jesus says in verse 8, but I tell you, though he won't do it, for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will give up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And you're thinking, like, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I mean, it's like, I can't quite imagine doing this. And Jesus is saying, okay, this is a good thing. Uh, you need to be that enthusiastic about prayer that... Uh, even if you're feeling awkward, uh, even if you think the guy is a Muslim, meantime he's not, uh, you've got to pray, you've got to press through, you've got to be persistent. Uh, God is saying we can't give up just because of our discomfort or because we get rejected or because we don't feel like God is hearing our prayer. Uh, this is Jesus saying this. This is Jesus after just telling everybody the Lord's Prayer saying, wait a minute, there's another insight here. You need to be persistent. And he's like, wow, that's quite a, uh, an exercise that Jesus is 
telling us about. Don't give up. Be persistent. And then the rest of the uh, parable reads as follows. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive whatever you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Verse 11, your fathers, if, you, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how, much, how to give your good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, here's what I want to uh, just highlight uh, if you've got... Uh, an insert, and you want to fill this along, fill this out as I go along here, as I finish up here. Uh, the main point here is Jesus saying, "Be persistent with prayer." But the second po uh, point, minor point, that Jesus is making is, we need to have the mindset when we're praying that God really is loving and caring. You know, it's not like we're going to ask for this and God's going to give us something horrible. Uh, God wants to uh, care for us. He wants to love us. He has the same attitude that we have towards our kids. We want them to have the best. We want to give them what they need. And God wants to do the same for us. God is loving and caring. And the, the final point that I really want to make here is that we do need to ask for the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's really intriguing uh, that Jesus, again, you're thinking of a trinity here. Uh, Jesus says, how much more will your heavenly Father give, those, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Uh, you know, so there's a sense where God is saying, we need to ask for the Holy Spirit, uh, of which the Holy Spirit's job is to comfort and to empower uh, us. So, obviously there's a lot more to prayer than what's just in this uh, section. Prayer is a big topic. And the point that Jesus wants to press home and the point that I want to press home today is be persistent. And hence, we're doing a prayer walk today. Uh, I feel like, God, we need to be persistent. We, we're asking you for what's next with our facility. We, we've been trying to hear you. We've been trying to uh, follow the leads that come up. Uh, we were uh, talking to a church in Hopkinton. We thought maybe we could do uh, something uh, with them and their property, and it turns out that that's not going to work out. Uh, so, you know, from their standpoint, uh, so we've had some discussions, some negotiations, and they said, look, okay, this is, from their standpoint, they said, thanks, but no thanks. So we're going to go and walk and pray in Milford today. If you want to join me uh, in praying and being persistent and asking God what's next, uh, you're welcome to 12 o'clock. Friendlies, there's even a flyer somewhere there at the back with the time, the date, the name, the place, all the information you want to know. Everything you're going to ask me, it's right there in the little flyer. 12 o'clock, Friendlies, Milford, Route 109. We're going to walk up to Beaver Street. It's about for half a mile. It'll be back in half an hour. I don't know what temperature is going to be, and I don't know how hot your ice cream is going to be, but all the details are there. We'll be there. <laughs> Prayer is both a personal thing and a corporate thing. Uh, I, I would like us to just uh, pray corporately the Lord's Prayer, the, the, the prayer that you're familiar with, the King James uh, Version. And if you can put that up on the screen for me, 
that'll be great. We won't do the beginning of verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye. I don't, I'm not like a real big fan of the old English ye and they and thou and whatever, but some of you are. Why don't you join me as we uh, just pray together. Uh, our Father, which, which art in heaven, well, why don't we say it together? We'll try again. You see, we, we're not like, we're not like, you can see we're not a liturgical church. We don't have this, like, lickety-slick. I, I didn't see all you guys hitting your knees and getting in some sort of, like, we, maybe we should start that ritual. I think we need a bit of ritual here. Okay. Uh, Brian, can you design a ritual for us? Are we going to stick to every week? No, forget it. Okay. Say with me. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And Lord, we just uh, pray as you've asked us to pray both in a ritual way, Lord, uh, and in a structured way, Lord, where we have both... uh, a prayer that's gone on through the church, through the ages. And Lord, we thank you for uh, the richness of tradition and of heritage of which we as a vineyard have very little of. So Lord, uh, we uh, embrace that uh, as well. Lord, we know that you speak to us uh, through uh, ritual as well as uh, things being spontaneous. Uh, So thank you, Jesus. Amen. let me, we're going to finish with communion, and uh, this kind of ties in uh, nicely in a way uh, where Jesus was being very personal uh, in communion at the Last Supper. He's sitting with his disciples. He's taught them how to pray, and uh, now he's teaching them about uh, community. And he's saying, listen, uh, you know, think about me. I'm the glue that holds us together. Uh, think about what I've done on the cross. That we, he was about to be crucified. And he says, remember this. Remember what's taking place. Uh, I have the ability. I have the power to uh, answer your prayers. I have the power to change your circumstances. Uh, and uh, it's for those that believe in me. Uh, Jesus says, I have the power uh, to forgive you of your sin and to make you right with the Lord. And, uh, you know, one of the challenges that we've always faced and we, we still face today is uh, we don't sense that we're sinners. We, we don't sense that we're bad guys. We don't sense that we really need forgiveness. Uh, we struggle with that uh, until we uh, look in the face of a perfect God. And when we realize that God is asking us to be absolutely perfect, that's when we say, wait a bit, I'm not perfect. You might think you're a good guy. You might think that you're good enough. But God is asking you to be perfect. And when we come to that realization, we say, God, I am honestly dependent on you. And then Jesus is saying, now think what I've done for you. I've made a way for you to access the Father. Connect with Him. So uh, I just want to uh, open us up in prayer as we come forward for communion. Um, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for us. And Lord, you've extended a welcome uh, to all 
to come to know you, to believe in you, to be able to pray to you, and to use your name when praying to the Father. So Jesus, I just uh, thank you that your blood was shed, your body was broken, you died on the cross, and we have access to the love of the Father through what you've done. You've set us free. And Lord, I just pray for people today that our current problems, the things that are consuming our thoughts, that you would take care of them, that you would bless your people, that today would be a day of blessing for attending church, for connecting with you and for connecting with others. In your name, Jesus. Amen. I want to have the worship team uh, come on up and um, why don't you take uh, communion here at the vineyard. You, you're welcome uh, to take communion. Uh, we see it as being mindful, remembering what Christ has done for us. We also think it's more than that. It's a sense of God's uh, power and presence being here. And uh, as Jesus uh, extended uh, the Lord's Supper even to Judas uh, before he was betrayed, he's saying, if you believe in me, uh, come forward and uh, take a communion. So with a similar mindset, uh, I just invite you to take communion. You can come as a family. You can come when you're ready. You can come now. You can wait and pray. Um, you do what uh, you, you feel like you want to do. So bless you.